What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 20. Today, my friends, we're going to be doing a deep dive into a topic that many of you as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, and maybe you're in the business finance space, you're in the business funding space, maybe you're interested in that and you've been learning more about it through some of our programs. Whatever the deal is, you've heard this term ERC, employee retention credit. We've even been seeing like ads on TV, ads online, all these different things about this employee retention credit. So Ty, I mean, we've been hearing this and today we decided it's time we tackle this ERC thing and all the opportunities and how this program works. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming up enough on, I would say, at least half of my phone calls saying, Ty, what's this ERC about? Is it real? Is it fake? Do people actually get it? Do I have to pay it back? So I think it's time we break all these questions down. We've got a professional here with us, so we're going to get some answers for uh, all these ERC questions coming up. No question. And the interesting thing about it is legitimately there are people in our community that are helping small business owners with this ERC program, and they're getting paid massive amounts, 24000 uh, Dave with one of our uh, communities. Uh, Francois had a deal that paid him 53000 So massive amounts of money just for helping that small business owner who kept some employees on during the pandemic. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Today, guys, we have a special guest. We've got an expert here on this employee retention credit program, the ERC, if you will. We have Dave Walk here. He has a financial background. Uh, He's been in mortgages. Dave, if you could walk us through just a little bit about about your background. Tell us who you are and, you know, what you've uh, been busy doing. And then we'll kind of dive into this ERC topic. Yeah. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, First podcast. You know, so this will be interesting. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my background um, is mortgages, um, the financial side of that. And so um, have done that for about eight years. And it's been a good it's been a good career for me. It's been a good thing and still do it. Um, still actively doing it. But also, you know, along the way, I think there was a gap with the market. Right. You know, we have yeah. the we had rates skyrocket, and so just out of necessity, probably looking for other opportunities and looking for other things, um, I started learning a little bit more about um, the ERC program, and I learned about it through starting to do it with companies that had kind of formed it, formed the idea of it, and in, in helping small businesses take advantage of it, right? Um, and so there's a lot of businesses out there that are doing it. There's a lot of businesses that are that turned it into a business model to help to help uh, these small programs or these small businesses. Um, and and that's kind of what you know drove me towards it. But um, but yeah, we you know we're doing pretty well with it. We're helping businesses, and it's a it's a good thing. So absolutely, Dave. Thanks thanks for sharing that uh, with us. And I remember Ty, you and I heard about this ERC program. I think it was back in early 2022, so about a year ago. 
And there was something that I'd heard about it in 2021. One of our guys, Francois, was talking about it. And I, it still wasn't like registering with me, right? We had the PPP loans that, that uh, kind of came and went. And there was two rounds of those. And then they were talking about this employee retention credit, this ERC thing. And for me, it was, it was just kind of confusing. And I, I didn't even like take it seriously for a while. What, what, what did you kind of see back then? Yeah, I, I thought the same exact thing. I was like looking at these numbers. You mean we're getting X amount of dollars back? We've done well as a business. We've grown. How are, what? But then I, I, I really thought about it. I was like, look how – no wonder our government has so much debt yeah. and all of this is going like crazy. If there's one thing our government, government knows how to do, it's spend money. And I'd rather get that back in the hands of the businesses than the – I won't even go there. But, yes, I want to get that money back in the hands of the businesses. So I I love it. I think it's it's awesome. It's so true. Like, who do you trust at the end of the day? Do I trust a business owner, an Elon Musk, a Dave, a Ty, who are going to make great decisions, create jobs with that money, create products and services that make our lives better? Or do I trust that the government, who is very inefficient – do I trust them to spend that money and make great decisions with it and keep adding to our debt that's now up to $31 trillion? I don't. So at the end of the day, I think it's very logical. We'd much rather have that business owner have that money because they're going to make great decisions with it, be much more productive. The best example I can give of that is a SpaceX that sends rockets out into space and is really developing that technology and does it for about a tenth of the cost of what NASA does to send the same rocket out to space, which isn't reusable, which is very inefficient and costs a fortune to do. And that's, I think, a great example of what a business owner and entrepreneur can do being resourceful versus a government who's not very resourceful and is very good at spending, you know, taxpayers money. So that said, Dave, break down if you could for us, what is this employee retention credit? Uh, How does it benefit employers and employees? And how does this work? Yeah, so I think what both of you guys just touched on is great. And, and great points. And that's, uh, I think, first of all, you have to understand what 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 the program is. The employee retention credit, um, and kind of like you guys were saying, the government, you know, we look at, some people look at the government and they think, okay, they're just going to dump more money into into something. And that's kind of, that's kind of been the trend. That's kind of been what they've been doing. Um, and, and, and mindlessly dumping money into things. This actually, I, I have a much different feeling and a much different perspective on the employee retention credit once I really learned more and more about it and have been learning more and more about it as, as I'm going through this. So first off, it was passed with a bill. It was the CARES Act that, that passed this. And so essentially what you're having is you're having, you have the pandemic that happens. You have the COVID-19 pandemic. And then you have politicians that are saying, how do we help these businesses and more to the fact of how do we really help the U.S. economy? It it's crumbling, exactly. right? And how do we really get it back to where it it can you know it's bumping again? It's it's going again. And I actually think this is a really smart way to do it because what they're doing is they they're giving this stimulus money back to small businesses, and small businesses are the backbone of the economy, right? That's yeah. what they are, and so. It's a way for them to be able to get that money, and then they don't have a stipulation. What's great is there's no stipulation on how to use that money for these small businesses. Uh, unlike the PPP, there was stipulations on how to use it, and I think PPP, a lot of people took advantage of it, of it initially just to get that money, just to get business owners were just like, hey, we're hurting. Let's just get some money, and we can pay our employees, and we'll figure things out later, right? Um the ERC, the Employer Retention Tax Credit, 
can be used for so many different things. It, it's a it's a boost now that somebody could take, you know, a small business can take that money. They can now hire, rehire employees that they might have lost through the pandemic. They can now add to their workforce. They can they could uh, improve things that they're doing. And, and a lot of people did have to improve their business models through COVID to even just survive. And that's, that's, that was proven. And, and a lot of businesses did that. So I can, we'll go in, in more in that, but I, just, I did just want to touch on, you know, that the program itself, I think is a very smart way to get it back to, um, to the business owners. Unfortunately though, it's the United States Treasury Department and the IRS that fulfill it, right? That's that's the unfortunate side of it, is that the Congress passed this bill, laid it out there for business owners to be able to uh, get this money, but then gave no uh, really indication or, or instructions or, or any neat process on how to really get it done. It's a complicated process on the back end, and I can go into that a little bit more. Yeah, I... One thing that I've seen, Dave, and I think this is incredible because obviously there's going to be a lot of boneheads that get their ERC and they take a crazy trip to Tahiti and then inevitably that's going to happen. But I've had a lot of businesses that had to take out these crazy loans or crazy MCA deals just to stay afloat over the pandemic and their weekly payments and daily payments are so high that they, they literally can't be profitable anymore. And by getting this ERC money, they're able to wipe out those crazy high interest loans and actually get to a point of profitability. I've, I've seen that with multiple businesses, and it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also, too, that, I mean, businesses spend money on other businesses. That's how it, that's how it works. And so they're going to be able to use that service now. That, that money that they get in, they could use it for a different service that, they, that they're using themselves. Um, and so they can use it to... It's, it's going to go back into the economy, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, boot, a good boost, and, and it's a good way to, to get it done. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys just hit me with specific questions, I guess. And yeah, I, we'll I do have there. a question on that. I'm, I'm curious, what types of uh, businesses are eligible for the ERC, and what are the, the key requirements that they have to meet to even qualify? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the, it's defined that small business is 500 employees or less. Okay, that's the big factor. Um, 500 employees or less is defined as a small business. Now, that doesn't sound like it. I mean, 500 employees, that's a pretty good sized business. But, um, but that's, how they, that's how the government's defining it as 500 employees or less. Um, there's also a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to who's eligible. Um, like, for example, uh, some people think that uh, businesses that were... Um, uh, required or had to stay in, in, you know, had special ability to stay open and continue operating through the pandemic because they were, uh, you know, essential businesses. A lot of people have the impression that if they had some kind of pass or some kind of um, thing passed down to them from the government where they can continue operating through the pandemic, that it automatically disqualifies them for the employer retention credit. That's not true. That's been amended. There's a lot of different amendments that have actually happened. So it's really imperative that somebody would meet with a specialist, somebody who's specializing in it just to get all the information um, to understand if their business can qualify. If you have any questions at all, I would probably recommend just meeting with somebody who's specializing in it because they're going to have the answers for you with that. But the, I guess the main question you had was, you know, what is the specific requirements or the type of business? It could be any type of business. 500 employees or less, um, and you need to have had 
what the IRS calls um, impact or nominal impact, which is 10% or greater on your business from the COVID pandemic, linked back to a government mandate or a government order or what they call like an authoritative figure who, who would have made like these orders that would have impacted you. Um, and the United States Treasury calls it an interference. So, you know, interferences, impacts, th- that language is all the same thing. It's, it's things that impacted your business through the pandemic. Yeah, because supply chain was an absolute nightmare. Like a, a perfect example, for probably good reason, liquor stores were deemed mandatory. Like they, the liquor stores had to stay open. There's obviously people that have addictions and they had to have alcohol and whatnot. There's probably other reasons too. But I had a client that actually owned a few different liquor stores. And what he said is, yeah, I got to stay open, but supply chain was such a nightmare. A lot of my nicer bottles and higher ticket items, I just couldn't access anymore. So my revenue went down quite a bit. And even if his revenue went up, but he simply wasn't able to access all sorts of different liquors, um, he missed out on an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to get more business. That's the type of of business that still could qualify, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it sounds crazy. I mean, it, you know, it sounds too good to be true for a lot of people. And and they're very skeptical of that. Um, Most people initially, when they first hear about that, but it's true. I mean, that's the way that it's written and that's the, that's the um, qualifying factors for it. And so uh, the IRS and actually the amendments that have been put on the program since it's um, since it's conception is that to make it easier for a business to qualify, really, uh, when you look at it, it's become easier and easier. I mean, initially, it was two things, 500 employees or less. That was really the questions that were asked, 500 employees or less. And did you have a gross revenue loss of 50% in 2020 uh, compared back to 2019? Did you have a 20%? This was actually added later. But it used to just be the fifty percent in fifty percent uh, compared back to for twenty twenty compared back to twenty nineteen, um, and then they added they amended for twenty twenty one to be only twenty percent gross revenue loss compared back to twenty nineteen. Those were the only questions really that were asked initially. Um, now there's been other amendments um, that even if a business made money or did really well through the pandemic they could still qualify under other categories and other qualifications. So, Gotcha. So that initial CARES Act, it was, hey, you know, did your business take a step back? Did you have 50% uh, less revenues in sales 2020 compared to 2019? If you did, then you qualify. And then it was 20%, I guess, in 2021 to 2020. Mm -hmm. So there is still one requirement that I think we better point out here is when did your business have to actually be open and active to qualify because that's a qualifying factor, right? Right. That's a qualifying factor. Um, it's around February 15th of, um, of 2019. And so, um, it, or you, you actually can qualify with it for even February 20, February 15th of 2020. Those are kind of technical because there are, there, there are ways that you can get money for certain quarters that may not even be, uh, just depending on when you opened up and when you, you know, and so, we can look at those specific things and kind of figure out um, we just need more information on it. It's really not a set. That's not a set qualifier. That's a question that's asked, but it is going to depend on, you know, if you really the biggest thing is if you started February, you know, 15th, 2020, then then we can look at look at some qualifications that should be able to come your way. Yeah. And you can go, if you're watching this and you're already sparking a, Hey, maybe I qualify, maybe I don't. I didn't realize you could still have a profit and qualify. If you go to sevenfigureserc.com, 
you can schedule a free consultation. You can look at a, a quick little pre-approval, see if that's something that you're going to get or not. But like Dave's saying, there's so many outliers now. Schedule a free call. That, that's what I would suggest. Because I have a lot of people saying, Ty, I only have two employees, right? I, I'm a small business. I have two employees. One of them's my wife. Like, what, Break a situation like that down. Because there's a lot so, of situations like that. Yeah, and so that's a good question. I mean, if you have two employees, one of them is your spouse, um, unfortunately we, you can't, let's say a, a husband and wife or two spouses are, um, owners, ownership in a business. And even if they're 50, 50, that, that is still going to exclude the wages of that, of that couple. Okay. Those wages cannot be counted, but if you had that other employee, let's say you had a third employee, then you can count the wages of that employee. Um, or we can count the wages of that employee when we calculate the credit. Um, it's that's the guideline that the IRS has because it's that, a direct relative because right? it's a well because it's a spouse okay um and that's 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 just their guideline on it now if it's if it's two brothers and they're 50-50 partners um then their wages can be counted if they're paying themselves a wage um their wages can be counted because they're 50-50 partners um there's not a majority owner um and so they can count and all of their family members can count um, and, uh, we can count all their wages. So it, it's, um, you know, those are specific things that we need to look at. Again, that's why this gets really messy and complicated and it, it, it's just, we're going to go case by case on each business. And there's going to be a lot of questions to, to really verify a lot of different things and, uh, and make sure that we're maximizing the, the credit that can, that can be received. So yeah, this has changed a lot. It came out in 2020, there was changes in 2021, and then there were more updates in 2022. Is that right? Yes, there were more updates. Um, one of the most recent updates is that they've actually extended the time for filings. Um, they've pushed that to April of um, all, all 2020 filings. They've pushed to April 2024 is the deadline. And then for all 2021 filings, so this means you're amending the, we're amending the income or the, the, the payroll uh, wages uh, for 2021. That's going to be uh, the deadline of April 2025. So they've actually pushed it back. Again, it's just another, that's another indicator that they're trying to make this easier and open it up for more businesses. That's another thing that's a good news for, for, for small businesses out no there. No question. I think the bottom line is if you're a small business owner, if you had some W-2 employees or even just one over the last uh, couple years, you were open and February 2020, like, don't try and figure out, ah, do I, qual-? just, just submit and, and let the, let the ERC experts kind of figure that out again at sevenfigureserc.com and just find out once and for all so that you know. And unfortunately, there's a lot of accountants out there. There's a lot of CPAs who understood the guidelines with 2020 or 2021. And they're saying, oh, you don't qualify, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, but actually you do. And so that's why it's super important to take action before this expires so that you can find out if you qualify. And I think it's important. A lot of people think this is just government spending money. This is a loan. This is a grant. But isn't it actually kind of like a just a refund of your payroll taxes? Um, similar, yeah, in, in a sort of way. Because, you know, every, every business is going to be paying a payroll tax. And so... This is, this is actually drawn from that. It, that's what this is. It's a payroll tax filing. Um, it's drawn from, uh, from, a, from, from taxes. It's drawn from small business taxes that have already been collected. That's why there's not really a cap on 
They didn't set a cap on, hey, once we get to this amount of filings, we're cutting it off. It's more of a deadline um, that they have that they have set. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of businesses out there that plenty of businesses that were still impacted that still need to to qualify and and and, and look into this. And uh, and they're entitled to that money, you know. And so um, that's that's one thing to look at it that way. I mean, I, I don't know exactly if um, you know, I don't know exactly where the funds, where the uh, where this where where we would you know morally justify like, hey, it's it's coming from taxes. That's great, um, but it's it's not. It, it is money that small businesses have paid in, and so again, they pay the majority of taxes in the country, and so they're getting this benefit back. So basically, hey, you kept employees on through the pandemic. You know, you did a noble thing, and the government's rewarding you for it. Right, right. And that's, yeah, and that's how it's termed in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's termed like, hey, here's a reward for keeping employees on. Just to be clear, even if you didn't keep employees on and you had employees through that payroll and you still had to let people go, um, you're still entitled to getting a refund of the wages that you were paying employees through the pandemic, though, um, that were on payroll. And so even if a business closed its doors, they could still qualify. Um, because that was a hardship that they had to endure through the pandemic. And even if they had to end up closing their doors, which there are businesses that plenty of businesses that had to do that, they're still going to be able to qualify for something like this for uh, the 2020 and 2021 uh, payroll that they were paying their employees during that time. So they should look into it as well. I think there's, there's a big misconception that a lot of businesses, if they've shut down, they can't do this, but that's just not true. Which I think is great because the government knows entrepreneurs and business owners, they're going to get that money back into the economy. And it, it's already proving that that is occurring. Like we, well, some people might be able, to be able to open their doors back up. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that actually Hire has more. happened. Yeah. So, so what about the, uh, cause the, this employee retention credit, I have had a lot of people say, well, I already got the PPP. I got the PPP forgiven. I was told that I can't qualify now because I got the PPP and although that may mean maybe you get a, a little bit less in the ERC, break that down. How does this interact yeah. with the PPP? Yeah, and, and this has been asked to me so many times. It feels like old news for me when somebody asks that. I, I kind of go, <laughs> oh, I have to explain this again. It, it is kind of old news. This was actually amended last year. Um, and so um, it, it used to be when, it, when they first came out with this that they didn't want you to base essentially double dip, um, which means that you couldn't have done, you couldn't have received your PPP money and then also have received ERC money. They were actually on the same bill. Um, the ERC was the second part of the CARES Act. And so they essentially they were saying, oh, we don't want people double dipping. Now, that, that has kind of gone away, and that, that, that went away with, a, with a, a new amendment. And so essentially you can do, you can, you can still have done PPP and received that PPP money, even if you had it 100% forgiven, okay? The forgiven amount, though, just needs to be taken out of the payroll that we would be calculating with. It needs to be taken out of the wages that we would be calculating for your ERC. And for that do, quarter, right? For, for that quarter, okay. yeah. And we do that. We do that actually 100% to be on the safe side. It's 100% deduction of the PPP money that, was in, that, was, uh, that you received. And we do that to take it out so that there's essentially not that double dipping that happens. Um, it's taken out of the payroll. And so it means that your employee retention credit, your ERC credit is a little bit little bit smaller, but not signi- it's not a huge amount. It's not significant in most cases. Matter of fact, the ERC 
is far better than the PPP. Most people will receive a lot more with the ERC with the with the employee retention credit than they did with the PPP loan um, because it's typically it's it's just a better way to to get the get the credit back because they're looking at the wages that you were spending and they're giving a percentage of that back. So I mean that's great news if you got a PPP loan. It's not keeping you from getting that ERC refund at the same time. And so there's been a lot of confusion about that. And so if you were confused about that, cool, you still can qualify and qualify for a lot. So let's break down the qualifying factors. It's up to $26,000 per employee that you can get in a refund with this ERC program. And what's that breakdown with 2020 versus 2021? Yeah, yeah, I won't go into, I'm not, not going to bore everybody with just like all the details on it, but essentially, uh, we say 26000 per employee. And the reason we say that is because really the max you can get back per employee for 2020 is 5000 um, The max that you can get back per employee for 2021 is act, was actually increased quite a bit. You can get 21000 back. Well, If your wages were, you know, if it calculates out that you were paying your employees a good amount in wages – there's a there's a cap that there, that's the max that, that we're telling you with twenty six thousand five thousand for all of twenty twenty, uh, twenty one thousand for all of twenty twenty one, because the quarters you go off of for twenty twenty one would be quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three, and it's seven thousand uh, per quarter that can be maxed out per employee per employee. Yeah, exa- exactly. So that's why we can say you can you can potentially get up to twenty six thousand back per employee per W two employee. And I'll clarify that it's per W two employee, um, and so uh, that's the that's the max amount, and that's why you'll hear that. Now, again, don't grab a calculator and think I have ten employees, I'm going to receive receive exactly two hundred sixty thousand dollars. That's just not how it works. There's going to be a lot more calculation that goes into it, and it's going to be less than that. But there's still a really good benefit that comes from this. No, that's awesome. And and what about? I know a, a common concern, and it's a legitimate concern because things with the you know the EIDL and the PPP, there were restrictions and things that like you cannot use it for this, or you're going to get into some trouble. And so a lot of people got really scared about, oh, I don't even want the EIDL because what if I don't use it correctly and then I get in trouble? What about the uh, the ERC? What are the limitations on how you can actually spend that money? Yeah, no, that's a great question. There's there's no limitations on how you can spend the money as a business owner. Um, with the employee retention tax credit. And and so, yeah, there's there were stipulations with the PPP. It makes sense with the PPP. It's a loan that's given, and that was what it was, is it's a paycheck, you know, that was paycheck protection, right? And so that was to provide it specifically for paying the 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 payroll for your employees. This again is a simple is a stimulus. This is a simple stimulus that's that's reward re- rewarded, if I can say that, rewarded to business owners so that they can use that money to put it back into the economy, hopefully boost their business and, and do whatever they, they need to do with it. Um, I like that aspect of it. I like that the government's not telling a business how they're going to have to use this That's money. That's great. That's great, in my opinion. So yeah, no, no question. I think, and Ty, we've, we've spoken with a lot of small business owners. I mean, we help thousands of small business owners with business funding every single year. And I feel like one of their biggest concerns, and especially talking to accounts, they see these stories in the news of, oh, there was some fraud done with the PPP or yeah. the EDL or, or whatever it was, and it wasn't really a business owner that got it. So they're really concerned that they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get this uh, this big uh, 
a refund and have to pay it back because they weren't in compliance. Yeah. So Dave, talk to us if you could about all the steps that are taken and how important it is to work with a reputable firm who's going to keep you in compliance and make sure that the amount you're getting back is is the correct amount and uh, making sure that you're avoiding any trouble. You know, no one wants trouble with the IRS or the government. And so you want to do this in compliance. And this is why it's so important to work with someone who understands that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Everyone's going to have that concern. We're dealing with the IRS, right? And so everyone's going to have that concern. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not impossible that somebody wouldn't be audited on these ERCs, okay? That, that, that may come. I'm not, I'm not, you know, we don't know. And there, and there could be, you know, audits that are coming from that from the IRS. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to go about that. Um, so it is important that a business owner look at it and work with someone who understands all the ways that you can qualify, all the legitimate ways that you can qualify, and link it to those things. Um, you want to be open and honest. You don't want to disqualify yourself, but you do want to be open and honest when you're looking into this, you know, potential refund. And, you know, it's important to understand all the details. That's what we do is we try to help and, you know, interpret all the different guidelines that the IRS has or that the bill has on this. And so that somebody can take full advantage of it. Um, we know that business owners are busy. They have their, you know, it's, it's not the number one priority for them to get this refund in most cases. Um, it's a benefit. It's, it's, it's an extra perk. It's a nice thing. Um, but it's not their number one benefit their, or their number one priority. Their number one priority is running their business, right? So we want to spend the time to make sure that we understand that we give all the information so that you can see, okay, I was affected this way and this is how I can qualify. And that's a legitimate um, way that you can qualify. And it's not just a guess. And as far as speaking on the calculation side of it, um, that's what we take very, very seriously. I mean, we do not want any errors or any mess ups on that at all. And so we're safe. For example, that's one of the reasons why we're safe on just 100% deduction of the PPP amount. We do that because it's safe if we do it that way. That's the way it's been interpreted. So we do it that way. Um, there might be others that do it a different way, but that's the way that we do it. And so we are um, wanting to maximize the refund, but we do want to be very careful with the calculations. We ask very thorough questions on different things that are going to allow us to calculate a maximum refund for you, but a correct refund for you at the same time. What kind of documents are required? Like for you to actually get those numbers right, what kind of documentation will people need to provide? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's actually fairly simple. It's uh, it's it's not as hard as going and getting a mortgage. That's for sure. Oh, that's so good that's news. The, <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, the industry, if... If anybody's gone through and had to had to get a mortgage, they know they know that that uh, is complicated, or you know it's a long process. This this is not this really does not have to be a long process for most people. Okay, if somebody's can get documents together and upload them, most of the time we can get filings done within seven business days. That's actually depending on the cooperation of the business and how quickly we can get documents in. We can get everything filed off with the IRS within seven business days. Guys, I just need to take a moment. That is super important because right now there are firms that are literally taking three months just to get the paperwork together and get it submitted into the IRS to get that uh, ERC refund. And to be able to do this in a week, which is what we're able to do right now, like, man, that saves you so much time, 
keeps you in compliance. And there are these big uh, firms that are out there driving Rolls Royces. I don't know what they're doing, but they are literally taking months and months <laughs> to get this stuff filed. And, and, and so if you're in that position, you're super frustrated, we hear you. And that's why we're putting it through as fast as possible so these business owners can take advantage of it in 2023. Yeah, that's, and I mean, the filing itself is going to take a long time. That's something we cannot control with the IRS. We can't control that stuff on the back end. We cannot control how long the filings are taking. Initially, when it first started, filings took probably three, four months on average. Now they are taking longer. They're taking probably six to eight months on average with the IRS as far as people getting their actual money back, getting a check back from the IRS, that's how long it's taking with them. So there would, you know, our, our idea is that we don't want to spend two months trying to just get everything in and get it filed for you with the IRS, which adds two months to that six-month return time, right, for your check. Um, there are some that are faster. I'm not saying all of them are going to be that long. We actually say about two to six-month average, but because there are some that fast are faster, but there's really no rhyme or reason that we have with the IRS. So it is important to get, get the documentation in. So I'll just touch on the documentation on what it is. It's actually uh, payroll reports or what we need, payroll summaries, okay? Something that details your payroll that you're paying your employees, how much you're paying each employee. It's going to have all the employees listed, and it's going to have their wage listed uh, on how much you're paying them per quarter, what we really need to know that total per quarter. That's what we're calculating off of. So a simple breakdown like that uh, will suffice. Um, a lot of times an Excel uh, spreadsheet or document is going to be great. Um, PDF files. However, however someone needs to get these, these payroll summaries over to us or payroll reports, we're pretty flexible with that, and we try to, we try to help everybody in their specific situations as much as we possibly can. Um, the other documents that you're going to need are your original 941s that were filed. So your 941 tax forms. And so um, you're going to provide those for each quarter that you are attesting that you had impacts or interference from the, from the pandemic. Okay. So for example, if you said that I suffered through quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three of 2021, I was fine in 2020 somehow. Somehow you were fine and you only had effects through 2021, you're just going to need to submit your 941 tax forms for quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three. And then you're going to submit along with that, the corresponding payroll reports for those as well. Those are the main documents that we'll need to get. Um, it would be nice for us to also get PPP information. If PPP, you know, if you did the paycheck protection program, if you did that um, and you had, had a loan with that, there are forms that are, there's a form called a 3508S. That would be nice to get as well to see the amount that you did receive from the PPP amount. And so those are the main documentation that you'll need. Maybe there's some other things here and there, depending on certain situations. Those are the main documents that you'll need. Most of the time, it's pretty simple to get that stuff together and get it submitted over. Fantastic. So you're getting the payroll reports and the, and the 941 reports for the first three quarters of 2021. And then it's uh, the last is the last three of uh, 2020. Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah. So for, for 2020, it's quarters two, quarter three and quarter four that you can look at. Perfect. So. And then quarter one, two and three with 2021. So that's it. You get those documents together. A lot of your payroll companies, accounts will just have those. And so it can be a quick, easy process. Get those in, get it processed in a week, not three months, and then get it to the IRS. And then 
And then you've done everything you can to get that uh, moving as fast as possible. And for a lot of you, you're watching this, you're thinking, wow, this is awesome. This is great. But, um, you know, how can I benefit if I could actually go reach out to these business owners and make that happen? And, and so that's, that's what we've been working on is putting together kind of a partner program for you to be able to benefit uh, big time. And we've seen some of our uh, referral partners, funding CEOs, earning tremendous commissions for helping these small business owners, tie. So how does, how does that work? And for everyone out there who's like, dang, I, I want to get involved. I want to help these small business owners. And hey, if I can make a lot of money doing it, then that's the best of both worlds. How does that work, Ty? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're, we're willing to do for you right now as a partner, if you want to be able to offer an ERC service, we'll handle all of the sales. We'll handle all of the fulfillment. You just want to simply be able to submit a business to us to reach out. Email Ty at sevenfigures.com. It's just T-Y at the number seven. So T-Y at sevenfigures.com. We can co-brand a landing page for you. You can be submitting businesses in. We'll handle the sales. We'll handle the documents. We'll handle the submission. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You do not want to try and figure that out yourself. I promise you. Let us do that part. And then as soon as that that employer gets that commission or gets that credit, we're going to send you a nice commission on that. And we'll go over all those details. Email Ty at sevenfigures.com. We'll get you set up as a referral partner. And we are paying a lot more than those other companies right now, as much as 50% more than what most companies are paying. And most importantly, instead of it taking three months, it's taking about a week to get everything submitted to the IRS as long as the client submits the uh, documentation. So that means you're getting paid faster. Absolutely. I, Dave, what have you, because you've talked to a lot of businesses about this, what would you say are the biggest, the misconceptions, the myths? There's obviously a lot of chatter going on. What do you think are the most common misconceptions that you're hearing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I mean, there's some big ones. The first one is probably the PPP and taking the ERC. Most business owners don't know that you can do both. That's still something that's a, a thing where a lot of people just don't know you can't, you can do both. I think more and more people are learning that you can do that now. That still is kind of a big, big thing. Um, I think the understanding of not having a loss of income um, there's, that's a really big thing for a lot of business owners to overcome um, when something like this, because it's one of those things that's too good to be true. How can my business really qualify for this or get a credit because I didn't really suffer that bad through the pandemic? Um, we, you know, we still made money, right? And so there are, di- there are different examples to that of how businesses still qualify. Um, I'll just share, I mean, we had a business that, initially, um, that was their, their thought, was that they could not do this. Um, they actually did pretty well um, through the pandemic. And they actually had to change gears. Their business is uh, designed with, you know, they have products that they would mostly go to trade shows and sell their products. It's a, small, it's a, pretty, it's a relatively small business. Their, refunds, their refund was not huge. But it's one of the things that sticks in my mind because I, when they received it, they were super grateful for it. And so... Um, most of, their biz- most of their products were sold at trade shows. That's what they did is they traveled around and did trade shows. Um, through the pandemic, most trade shows were closed, right? You couldn't, you couldn't go to trade shows. Um, now, they changed gears themselves as business owners and just said, well, guess what? We'll just, we'll just launch everything online. We'll, we'll create a website. We'll spend the extra money. We've got to stay afloat. We've got we've to continue doing this. So they changed gears, and they started selling every, everything online. It went slow for them a little bit at first, but they they gained traction pretty quickly, and they actually made more money 
through the pandemic, through 2020 and 2021 that they had prior to that ever. And so it was an inspiration for them to, to do better, but their business was impacted. Their business model was impacted. And according to the IRS, that nominal impact of 10% or less, they had that impact because they couldn't go to trade shows. If they had, had continued to be able to go to trade shows and then still do, did what they did, would they have been able to have greater sales? Most certainly they would have been able to have greater sales. And so that's a way that they still qualify. Um, there's other examples that are pretty clear cut and easy. If you look at a restaurant, some restaurants could only offer in-store dining um, or sorry, could only offer takeout and not in-store dining, right? And so that's a very simple clear cut thing that even if a business continued to hold steady and didn't lose money, um, they can still qualify because half their business was, you know, it was impacted and was closed that way. Right. And so things like that. And so it, you've got to look at each situation. And again, that's why it's important to just talk with somebody who is specializing in it and understands how they can, they can help you look at it a different way as the business owner and say, well, were you impacted this way? Were you impacted that way? And so that you can look at all the uh, avenues that you could qualify. You know, I think one of the biggest uh, factors for a lot of these businesses qualifying is kind of that full or partial shutdown in their state. Uh, how does that uh, that work in somebody qualifying? Because I think that's a big deal, and that happened to I'm, almost everybody. Yeah, I mean, full or partial shutdowns. Um, I guess I'll just give another example with that. Um, there's a store that we helped. I'm not going to go into the specifics of the store that we helped, but there is a store that we helped that has a few different locations. One of the locations that they had was in Las Vegas. Um, their store there had a limit on the capacity of people that could be in their store. They actually had lots of different limits on their capacity in, in many different ways, limits on capacity of how many employees they could have in their store and all sorts of other things. But just taking the example of their capacity was limited on how many people could really enter their store at a time, okay? Did that have effects on them? They still, they still sold quite a bit. Their revenue did not drop. But they had a capacity issue with, a, with a, an actual government mandate that was saying, you can only have this many people come into your store at a time. They were still impacted with it. That's still a way that they can qualify. Yeah, that's very, that, that's interesting. And, and a lot of times as a business owner, you don't think of these things. Like I was talking to Leo about, well, what, how about with seven figures? What happened with us? How did we qualify? And, you know, for some reason, my mind didn't even go to the tr trade shows. We do all sorts of trade shows and we lost a handful of partners that thankfully we pivoted and did a lot more online webinars and presentations. But just like you said, that's how, that was a big part of us qualifying. We could no longer go to trade shows we could no longer go to seminars and that was a big portion of our business. So yeah, there could be a lot of discussion on just like, for example, if it, you know, businesses, business owners are entrepreneurs. They are, they are very creative. They look, they're opportunists. They look for all sorts of ways to continue to, you know, do well. They should not be penalized because, because they had something limited in some way. And then they pivoted and we're still able to do well through a pandemic that was thrust on them, right? And throw, and so that, that, I think that's the, the big thing that I like about the employer retention tax credit is that they're really seeing a way to get this stimulus money back to these business owners in creative different ways. It, it's not just a black and white, did you lose money? Um, did you almost have to close your doors? Okay, here's some, here's some funding then. It, it's not just that. And I like that aspect of it. I don't want to go into too much depth on this one because obviously we're not sitting here as CPAs, but 
from a tax standpoint, a, a lot of questions come in. Do I have to claim this as income tax or how is this going to impact my taxes? What What's a good kind of understanding, basic understanding of what this will do and how this will impact future taxes? Right. Just to give a very simple answer on that, because again, we don't, we're not going to amend tax returns or anything like income tax returns for people. Uh, we don't do that and, and we don't even give advice on it. But just to understand how the, the guideline on, on what's supposed to happen with that, um, the credit that you receive back, so if you applied for the ERC credit and let's say you qualified for $50,000 um, and you qualified for $25,000 in 2020 and $25,000 ended up you know qualifying through 2021. Okay, we'll just use those simple numbers. Those, that money that you, once you've received it back from the IRS, that credit that you received, it's gonna, you're just gonna reduce your payroll your reported payroll that you had for that for that year or for that quarter, okay? You're gonna redu- you need to reduce it on the um, on the ta- on the on the payroll reported with the, with the taxes. And so, most you know accountants and CPAs can handle that for you. Um, it's it's uh, that's just one regulation that you'll have to do just to make sure that you're you know because it's not a direct tax on the actual credit, but in a way. You know, you may be affected with some of your income taxes from 2020 or 2021. Because you had payroll or you had tax advantages because of the payroll that you put out. So right. you, you'll have to right. adjust that. And so, I, so that'll be adjusted on the back end, which it's minimal. It, it's minimal. And it's there's still a huge benefit from the that should not be a reason why somebody doesn't do it. Yeah, I, I talked to our CPA about it and, and he was like, it takes me five minutes to adjust. It, it was like the most simple no big deal answer I've ever well, received. It's like we were talking the other day. We were doing a doing an episode the other day about tax write offs, and it's like, hey, you know, give me a quarter or uh, uh, give me a quarter, I'll give you a dollar back. That's how this works. But yeah. typically on a write off, it's hey, uh, you know, give me a dollar and I'll give you a quarter back. Exactly. That's how a tax write off works. In this case, it's hey, you might pay a little taxes on this extra money because your payroll taxes are now going to be less than they were. But it's like hey. I'll give you a dollar, says the government. You give me a quarter back. That's a good exchange. Yeah, but I think that. some people think they're paying income tax on all 50K of it, and it's going to be significantly less than that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely not that. And so, again, once the, once the filing is complete, um, once you get that, just meet with your, your accountant, and, and they'll be able to adjust that uh, appropriately for you. Well done, guys. Well, hey, this is the ERC if you haven't taken advantage of it, go to sevenfigurezrc.com, check it out, see if you qualify. And of course, if you're interested in referring businesses and get, getting paid massive commissions, I mean, we've seen guys who are getting twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 paychecks for just one of these, because sometimes these refund, refunds can be as much as a million dollars or $2 million. And if you're getting a few percentage points of that, that can add up very, very quickly. And what if you helped several business owners. And we had a guy named uh, Doug who joined one of our funding CEO programs. He literally went out and knocked on a few business doors. He got five business owners who needed help, including one who was a grocery store owner. That grocery store owner ended up getting like a million dollar plus refund. And Doug was making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in commissions off of that one deal. And he literally went out and he just knocked on a few doors. So this is a huge opportunity. If you want to find out more about that, get your own link then you can email Ty at seven figures. That's the digit seven figures.com and we'll get you your own link, guys. So amazing, amazing stuff. What advice would you give to employers who are considering applying for this ERC, but they're struggling to navigate kind of the complex uh, 
tax regulations. I mean, I guess what, that's what we kind of just talked about really is, is, is yeah, you're just going to get with your accountant. So that's not really uh, the end of the world. Um, you know, yeah. What, what I else? mean, if it, it, it's, it's definitely something that again, the way that most, the way that, the way that I know you guys work on this as well is that it's not going to cost somebody a dollar to, to even, even get e- all their calculations completed in most cases with something like this. Um, you know, there's really, there's low risk, um, and there's, and there's a good, uh, there's a good chance that you do qualify. And so it's important that people look into it, that small businesses look into it. Um, don't, don't disqualify yourself. Meet with an expert, um, somebody who does specialize in it so that you can get all the facts and that you can then make the decision that way. Um, that's going to be the best thing for you. Um, and don't listen to, uh, somebody who says, oh, you're not going to qualify. How do they know that you're not going to qualify for your business? It's just one of the things that, again, it's the business owner that's going to look at it. They know their, themselves better than anybody else. And they're going to, once they get all the details, they're going to look at it and see if they do qualify. Simple as that. Yeah, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised even just doing a little Facebook post or LinkedIn, LinkedIn post. Almost every single one of you watching this, either you're a business owner or you know a business owner, And I don't want to say your motive for doing this should just be to go make a big commission because yes, you will make a big commission, but you're also going to be helping tons of businesses. You're going to be creating jobs. You're going to get money back into the economy. So it's a very, very rewarding thing to be able to help these businesses get access to this money. Um, One more question, Dave, from me at least. I've had a handful of people ask me and I'm pretty sure I know the answer here, but if you're a 501c3 nonprofit, the churches, the schools, can you still qualify for this? Yeah, that is a very good question. Yes, you can. Um, that's a simple answer is yes, you can. Uh, they actually open it up to those different things. Um, that Again, that's another amendment. And so um, that that happened, and so yes, you can. So definitely call and, and look into those things. We've actually helped quite a few nonprofit organizations. We've helped um, churches as well, uh, small churches uh, throughout the country. And so yes, you can, and it's something that you'll, you'll need to get more information on it. But again, it's always important to call in and talk with somebody about that and in your specific situation. But that's a great, that's a great question. Because they were impacted. I, I think oh, I've talked about this before, yeah. Leo. My mom's a, a, the principal of a pretty big private school here locally, and there are very conservative parents. There are, you know, a very, they, these ones are very Democrat, these ones are very Republican, and they had very different views on should the school shut down, should they not shut down, should kids have to wear a mask, and they lost a lot of Students, like parents literally went and pulled their kids out of school and said, I'm homeschooling them now. I'm not dealing with this BS. So they lost a lot of revenue. Granted, yes, it's wow. a nonprofit, but they were absolutely impacted. Yep. Well, it's even worse if you're a nonprofit because you may not have the extra profit margins and money saved up to make it through those types of situations. I know we had a group from Texas that actually takes all the 911 emergency calls and they were impacted uh, during this time, and so they were pretty excited to find out. They have about 55, 60 uh, employees. They're probably going to get a million-dollar refund as a nonprofit. They're going to be able to invest in better equipment for their team, and this is a 911 emergency center, by the way. And at the same time, a lot of these employees are going to get bonuses that they weren't even anticipating uh, come Christmas time. So some exciting things are happening for a lot of these nonprofits out there who definitely need to find out if they can qualify and and should. uh, And if you come across a nonprofit, be sure to send them in 
so that they can uh, get that credit they absolutely need and deserve. And in terms of how this helps business owners, I mean, a good good friend of ours uh, recently was applying, and, and he's had to take on some extra debt during this pandemic um, just to make it through and keep his employees on payroll above and beyond the PPP. So he's going to be able to pay off, you know, six figures worth of debt and be able to get his financial situation as a business owner back on track probably get a $200,000 plus refund and really is going to just absolutely transform the the path that his business is on in 2023. That's going to impact his employees. It's going to impact his clients. He's going to be able to invest in more marketing. He's going to be able to have a better experience for his family. So just so many good things happening when you can step up. And I always say, if you want to make a lot of money, help a lot of people. (laughs) Great. Amen. Yeah, I think this was an awesome episode. I think there's a lot of, again, there's probably still a lot of questions out there. So I just want to reiterate, again, we are here to help you. We're here to help answer those questions. We're here to help you know if you qualify and why you qualify so that you can go about this with peace of mind. Sevenfigureserc.com. That is the digit, sevenfigureserc.com. Schedule a free consultation. We're happy to help you out. Yeah, so if you know business owners, share this with them. Get your own link. Share your link with them. If you are a business owner and you know other business owners who might qualify, share this video so that they can get the real information from an expert like Dave who's laid it all out there for you. And then again, you know, if there's any question and and you think just apply, there's no negative impact to anything with your business. It doesn't even, there's no, they don't look at your credit. Like we're just basically looking at the guidelines and letting you know in compliance, yes, you qualify. And so there's nothing to lose, only everything to gain. And again, if you're looking, if you want to serve business owners, if you're already working with them in marketing or accounting or other business, uh, business-to-business services, then reach out, tie at sevenfigures.com so that we can get you a link. You can learn more about this program, watch this video, and don't feel like you have to know all the ins and outs. Same thing, just share your link. Hey, I don't know if you're going to qualify. Sounds like you might. Fill this out. It takes 30 seconds, and then a professional will go through and see if you do. All right, guys, that's uh, the episode for you. ERC Secrets Revealed. Uh, Big thanks uh, to Dave for taking time out of his busy schedule serving entrepreneurs and small business owners and coming here and dropping a whole bunch of value bombs. And again, it's a huge opportunity to help these small business owners. And yes, you can make an absolute fortune doing it. So make sure sevenfigureserc.com if you want to see if you can get qualified and email ty at sevenfigures.com if you want to refer people over and help them out and get paid really well doing it. And, guys, thanks. Uh, We will see you next week uh, for our next episodes. If you're finding value, of course, you can, you know, click the notifications, subscribe, comment, et cetera. And if you have different uh, questions or topics you'd like us to do a show on or even guests who are going to be in the Utah area, email info at sevenfigures.com. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.